Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. Riverbend Church exists to lead all people to know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. We hope that you enjoy this message. We are this week in week three of the series, Your Will Not Mine. And this has been a guide through 21 days of fasting and prayer. And so today is day eight of 21. So give it up for yourself if you made it through the first week this week of this. Thank you, Jesus, for your help. Uh, there's been a lot of battle going on this week, right? A lot of you have been feeling that, uh, the battle. And so uh, if you've not joined yet, but you're considering it, don't let the fact that we're on day eight stop you. There's still 14 days. And so you can jump in and, and begin praying. You can begin fasting. You can find the info online. If you want to go to our website, you'll find a downloadable PDF. I think we may have run out of the devotional guides because uh, you guys took those, but that is online now. You can grab it, and you can jump right in with us during this season of fasting and prayer. But one of the questions I ask myself this week, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this? Why do we give up food or social media or things we love to seek God? Why are we serious about going out of our way to spend time with the Lord? And, and really the simple answer is this. It is the most tangible way to say, Jesus, I want more of you and less of me. More of you, less of me. I want 2023 to be about more of you in my life. And so it's a way to bring ourselves to full surrender. But I want to give you a, a new way to think about fasting and prayer. This is how I've been thinking about it as I meditated on it this week. Fasting and prayer, here's what it says. I want all of you, Jesus, and I want you to have all of me. I want all of you. It's not just about getting from God. It's about giving ourselves to God. See, when God gets all of you, that's where you're going to live your best year yet. It's not when you get all your prayers answered. I know that's what we think. God will answer some prayers, and it'll be a great year when the Lord pours out his favor and blessing. But you know what'll be uh, the best year yet is really aligned underneath the surround this idea of God. You have all of me. I'm not holding back anything anymore. 2023 will be my best year yet if I live it under the lordship of Jesus. That's saying, Jesus, you get all of me. I'm not going to hold anything back from you. Wherever you tell me, that's what I'll do. Whatever you lead me to go, I will, wherever you lead me to go, I will go. What your voice says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Whatever you want to do in my life in 2023, bring it. I'm here for it. And so it's just joining our hearts with the heart of Jesus in that prayer he prayed the night before he would go to the cross when he said, Father, your will, not mine. Why do we pray that again? Because God loves us more than we know how to love ourselves. He knows what's best for us. He does what's best for us. So we can trust him when we say, God, I don't know all the answers. I'm just gonna trust you. Your will flow through my life. And so this season of prayer is not just about getting what we want. It's about aligning ourselves with God so that he can give us what we need. And so as I prayed about this week's message, God really led me to do something that I have not done in four years since I've been here. The Lord always asked me to do some first. Well, here's a first for you today. I've never preached a message twice since I've been here. The Lord took me back to the same passage, uh, a lot of the same ideas, exactly the same ideas that I preached almost two years ago now. So some of you are here and you're gonna go, that sounds familiar. And then some of you are here and you're gonna go, I've never heard that before, but you were here that day. You just forgot. And so I like you, but uh, that's how it works, right? But the Lord really impressed this on my heart several weeks ago. It's like, I want you to come back to this message that you shared because it somebody needs it. You know, you know why I'm sharing it today? It's for somebody that's struggling with the fast or with the prayer season. Maybe you're not even praying and fasting. You just find yourself in January 2023 wrestling 
wrestling with, you know, spiritual attack or battle in your life, wrestling with, you know, anxieties, wrestling with what does God want me to do in this new year, just wrestling. And so this word has an encouragement and also a challenge with it today. And here is the message I want to share with you today. I am putting my yes on the table. My yes is on the table, Lord. Literally, my yes is on the table. I've had this little deal here for a lot of years. I've used it in a lot of different messages. Uh, just to come before the Lord and say, God, my yes is on the table. The secret of fasting and prayer is not a much about getting, what, getting God to say yes to you. It's about getting us to say yes to him. Take that in for a minute. It's not as much about twisting God's arm and showing him that we're so sincere that God's just gonna say yes to everything we want. He will. He, he tells us, pray, you seek me, you will find me. You knock, the door will be open. Like God tells us, I'm gonna say yes to you on some things. I'm gonna answer your prayers. But, but more than anything, the secret to this season, it's about getting us to say yes to him. And there's no greater place in scripture outside of Jesus saying yes to the cross there's no greater place than, than Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. In your Bible, so Isaiah chapter six is where we're gonna be today. My yes is on the table. Here's what it says. Bible says this, it was the year King Uzziah. Say Uzziah. It's just fun to say it, Uzziah. Uzziah, kind of like Isaiah if you were Australian, Uzziah. Uh, King Uzziah died that, uh, died that I saw the Lord. And so this is Isaiah speaking. He says he was sitting on a lofty throne. And so this is a vision that the prophet Isaiah had. And prophet Isaiah was a spokesperson to God's people. God would send him messages. He would in turn go and share it with God's people, the Jewish people. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. And so in the setting the stage here for what we're gonna look at, historically, this event happened in 740 BC. We know that because King Uzziah, uh, Uzziah died uh, in 40, uh, 740 BC. Uh, the, the book of First and Second Chronicles and First and Second Kings in your Bible, they actually tell you the story of all the kings. Well, you will find Uzziah's story in there. Here's what we know about Uzziah. He started uh, reigning at 16 years old. So can you imagine that? I mean, over God's people, he becomes king at 16 years old. And, and the deal is he's one of the rare good kings. Most of the guys you read about that served as kings, they were terrible. They didn't last long. They were ungodly. He was a godly young king. He reigned, in, uh, he reigned over God's people for 52 years, one of the longest reigns in the history of God's people. And people prospered under his leadership. But he was a good king with a tragic ending because near the end of his life, he got prideful. He went into the temple in the place of a priest and he burned incense before the Lord. God had specifically said only the priest can do this and he got prideful and he went in. God allowed him to contract leprosy and he would die separated from his people in a, basically a leper's camp. He would die in isolation. And so it caused people to question a lot in the culture. You gotta, you gotta understand, to say the year King Uzziah died, it described a year where people were going, God, where are you? Didn't you see the 52 years of faithfulness or, you know, the 50 years of faithfulness? I mean, you're gonna strike this guy down for one little mistake? God is serious about his holiness. But you know what? People were probably in a little bit of chaos. If you look at the, hit, the track record, anytime a king died, it was chaotic. Is there gonna be a coup? Is, there gonna be a, is the sun gonna take over? What's gonna happen? And it was always a chaotic and nervous time in society when a king died. And so people were probably saying, God, where are you? Why would you allow our leader to die, our good leader, in, his, in the prime of his late years of leading us? Why would that happen? And so, do you know, 
there's a lesson for someone here today. I want us to learn from Isaiah's experience, but here's the first thing I saw even in this first verse. When the circumstances on earth cause us to ask, God, where are you? Where are you, Lord? We can trust that he's on the throne. Isaiah gives us a picture of this. It is okay to ask, where are you, God? It's okay to ask, God, are you hearing my prayers? Because it doesn't feel like you are. It's okay to feel that way. But Isaiah gives us a picture. There was some chaos going on on the earth, and in heaven, the Lord was still sitting on the throne. Do you know why that can bring peace to our hearts a little bit? Just to know that if God's allowing some pain in our lives, some pain in our culture, it doesn't mean that he's out of control. He is sitting on the throne. The year Uzziah died, Isaiah, um, Isaiah sees, sees the Lord sitting on the throne. And you know, sometimes when God delays the answer to his prayers, it's because the delay is because his best is actually on the way. In the case here, he was doing a work in Isaiah. He was doing a work of deliverance and healing and new life. And that's what he'll do to us. Sometimes before God answers the prayer, it seems like he's out of control. He's sitting on the throne. Where are you, God? But he is actually answering the prayer. He's actually doing a work in you before he gives you what you're praying about. You know, one of the things I've learned to, to focus in on when I feel like the moments where it's like, God, where are you? Are you hearing my prayers, Lord? It, it, you know, sometimes you may even feel like this. If there was a God, why would he not be answering by now? I mean, I'm not saying I don't have faith and I'm not a man that tries to believe the word of God, but I mean, sometimes you get to that point where you're going, God, I have prayed, I have fasted, I have sought you. Where are you, Lord? There's a couple of things that I've learned to do. First, I ask myself the question, did the sun come up today? If so, I can go back to the beginning when God set things in motion. And also I'm reminded of this verse that the mercy of the Lord is new every morning. God's mercy is new. Another question I ask myself, do I have air in my lungs? Can I breathe right now? God provided that. He may not be answering my prayer right now, but he is sustaining me. He's sustaining me until he can give me the answer. Do I have someone that loves me? That's another question I ask, and I hope you do. There actually is somebody that loves you, and you may not know it, but there are people that love you. There's a God that loves you. But if you have somebody that loves you, then that's a reflection of the love of God. And that's just a reminder, you know, I don't have all my prayers answered yet, but the sun came up, I have air in my lungs, and I have somebody that loves me. If you have those three things, that's a picture of God's grace poured out on you. Even when the circumstances of the world are out of control, we can be reminded, you know what, God's still in control. So next there is a picture of worship painted in the book of Isaiah. Now, for some of you guys that grew up in, a, in a maybe a more traditional church where you didn't clap and you didn't get loud, listen, I'm about to blow your mind. Heaven's gonna be crazy for some of us. Some of y'all right now, you have a hard time singing. You just kind of like, you got a little movement going on when we're worshiping. I like it. Some of you singing hands up. But let me show you what worship in heaven looks like. Some of us gonna be like, holy smokes, what did I just walk into? Look at this picture. He saw the Lord sitting on a, a throne and it says, attending him were mighty seraphim. Seraphim, each having six wings. And so this is a beast with six wings worshiping before the Lord. If we brought one of those in today, everybody would leave. You'd be like, that. listen, I liked Joe and I liked Riverbend until they brought the six-winged beast in. Like, I'm out. Can't do it anymore. It says that the seraphim had six wings. Two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. So now you're hearing the flapping of wings. They were calling to each other, just like the song we were singing, you're worthy of it all. Here's what they were singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glories. Now here's the, here's the shocker. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations. 
I don't know if they had subwoofers and microphones. I don't know if it was just their voices, but they had something and it was shaking the building. The worship was shaking the building. The neighbors were knowing what's going on in there. They're like, man, they're at it again over there. Shaking the foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. You may be okay with the loudspeakers, but as soon as the smoke came in, you're like, I knew it. I'm out of here. I'm not taking that. It's, in, this, in this picture of worship in heaven blowing your mind though, like this beast worshiping before the Lord, flapping its wings, saying, holy is the Lord. And as they sing their voices, the music is so loud that the ground is shaking and the foundation of the temple is shaking. And then smoke starts to fill the room. They have haze machines in heaven. Come on. And this beast, the seraphim, we don't know a lot about them because we don't have them on earth, but here's what we do know. They had six wings and two of them they took and covered their faces because they were in the presence of God Almighty as if to say, I can't look on his majesty. With two, they covered their feet as if to say, uh, I humble myself before the Lord. It would have been a sign of humility to cover their feet. And with two, they flew crying out to the Lord. So listen, the earth's circumstances were not good at this time, but heaven's worship was not interrupted. See, here's a lesson that we can learn. Heaven's worship isn't interrupted by earth's circumstances and neither should ours be. Listen, no matter what 2023 brings our way, we get to decide if we're gonna worship our king or not. You and I get to decide it. Nothing can decide it for us. There are some things that cannot be taken out of the hands of people and one is what we choose to worship. No matter what 2023 brings, listen, I'm praying that God brings healing because I know a lot of you have reached out to me via email, you've texted me, you've dropped uh, prayer cards to us and said, I'm praying for healing for myself, for my family, for others. And so I'm praying, and listen, when the healing comes, we're gonna worship. I'm praying that God will pour out blessings. And listen, as he does, we're gonna praise him, we're gonna worship. But listen, when God brings difficult things to mold us, and perfect us and make us the people of God that he wants us to be, we're also gonna worship him, church. That's when we're gonna need each other to lift our arms up. When somebody's going through a hard season, you need somebody to come alongside you and lift up your arms. You know, do you know who get, how, how one way you can decide how you're gonna worship and what you're gonna worship each day? No matter what circumstances comes, it's all about what, what worship soundtrack you listen to every day. Courtney got me AirPods for Christmas. I've never had any more, so I'm like, uh -huh. you know, I'm looking at them like, woo, you know, I'm learning all these noise canceling. I don't have to hear anybody I don't want to hear. It's great. And so I'm, I'm learning, though, you know, I, I've had earbuds before, but I've never had any nice ones. And so when I put this in, guess who gets to decide what I pump into this thing? I do. I get to decide what I pump into this AirPod. Nobody else gets to decide what I'm gonna put into it. Do you know one of the best ways you can decide, apart from your circumstances, how you're gonna worship, what soundtrack are you gonna play into your head every day? What are you gonna listen to? Because whatever you pump in determines how easy or not it is for you to worship. You pump Jesus in, you pump worship in, it's crazy how it changes your day. Courtney, often in the mornings, uh, especially even when the kids were uh, in school, she would get up, go to work really early and she would turn her phone on and first you'd hear her phone come on in the bathroom with like some, you know, you're worthy of it all. And you hear, you're like, here she goes. And boy, about the second line, she's singing to the top of her lungs and the whole house is awake now because she is setting her tone for the day and setting her tone in worship for the day. And I love it. Listen, you get to decide if circumstances are gonna change how you worship or not. Nobody else can. 
You get to decide it as we move forward. Listen, as we fast and pray, we're gonna learn to set our worship antennas towards the Lord. God, I wanna, I wanna set my worship station on you. Lord, fill me up today. And so Isaiah's standing here watching this worship service happen and surely he's blown away because they'd never seen anything. He'd never seen anything like this. But look what he says here. Then he says this. It's all over, I'm doomed for I'm a sinful man. In the presence of the Lord, he recognized immediately I have sin. He says, I have filthy lips and I live among people with filthy lips. I don't know exactly why he brought out the filthy lips. There was probably other lips. Maybe he just said something he really regretted right before he went into this vision. You do that before? Listen, come on. I know some of y'all driving to church this morning. I know some of those conversations in the car, yelling at the kids, you know. Oh, and then you get out and go, good morning, Pastor. So good to see you today. We're so good to be at church. I'm not saying I was riding in your car. I'm saying, listen, I got a car too. I brought my kids to church at one time. But I don't know why he felt convicted, but he was like, I've been, I've been cussing. I've been, I don't know what he's been doing. But like here, he goes, I have filthy lips and I live among people of unfilthy lips. Yet I have seen the king the Lord of heaven's army. You know, you know why, one reason I think he said that? Because he heard these beasts and you know what they were using their lips to do? Glorify the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. I think it was a conviction because that wasn't what he was using his words to do. But he said, yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. And so what it means is it's all over for me. Isaiah was a Jewish young man. And so he knew the scripture. If anybody saw God, they were taught he would die. And so he said, you know, I know that God is holy and I'm seeing God in this vision. I'm going to die. It's all over for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. See, in the presence of Jesus, he became aware of his sin. For some of us through coming back to church for the first time in a while, or maybe tuning in online, maybe Oakwood, you're coming in for the first time in a while. The first thing you feel hopefully is love and the fact that you matter because we work hard at that. But if you hang around long enough, the Holy Spirit of God is gonna start working on your heart and you're gonna start feeling some conviction. It's not a bad thing. It's not God hating on you. It's not God pushing you away. It's actually his grace calling you higher, saying there's a new life version of you to be lived in 2023. God's got more for you and better for you than you lived in 2022. And you gotta decide if you're gonna step into it or not. But here's the thing. Just like Isaiah, here's the lesson for us. When we enter the presence of Jesus through worship, it'll make us aware of our sin. But here's what we learned from Isaiah. Don't run from God. Don't run away from God. Listen, the presence of Jesus makes Isaiah hyper aware. He goes, God, it's all over for me. I'm a sinner and I'm doomed. And see, for us, here's the beauty. Jesus already took our sin debt on the cross. And so when you feel conviction, do you know all God is doing? He's not trying to push you down and push you away. He's trying to get you to submit to Jesus who's already paid the cost for you. He's already paid the price for you. He's saying submit to him. You can change and live new life in him. But do you know our gut reaction is to run when God starts working in our lives. We start praying and singing and fasting. We get around other believers, community of people. Sometimes we will feel conviction and our gut is to run. But listen, when God brings sin to the surface in our lives, and by sin, I mean any wrong thing you've done. Bible calls it sin. When we sin against God, we do wrong against a person. We do wrong against ourselves or we do wrong against God himself. When we do wrong, that's called sin. When God brings that sin to the surface of our hearts, he's not trying to judge you. He's trying to cleanse you. God wants you to walk out free. You know, one of the frustrations that I have as a pastor, I see people walk in bondage that don't have to. There is new life for you. People give up on themselves. 
Because their past is so painful and the mistakes they've made are so bad, they give up on themselves and they assume God can't heal you anymore. Or maybe you just have a personality trait or a tendency and you feel like, God, you can't heal this. How could you forgive it? Because it's such a struggle for me. And yet the cross says you are forgiven. There is grace for you if you will lean into it. But our gut reaction is to run. And you know what? Sometimes that's the voice of the enemy trying to shame you when God's trying to cleanse you. He says, if you'll confess it to me, I'll cleanse you. Isaiah confessed it right there in the presence of God. I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips. Lean in, don't run. You know what I believe? I believe that this is the pivotal moment in Isaiah's ministry. I think if Isaiah in this moment, instead of confessing, had tried to run away from God at that moment, God would have probably raised up another prophet that would say yes to him. How many times do we miss the blessing of God on our lives because we run when he starts trying to convict us about something? You know what you got to do? Maybe, maybe 2023 in this, this season is coming back to the Lord and just laying your heart out and saying, God, I know there are some things you, you were convicting me about at one time, and, and I, I, I got numb to you. I got numb to your voice because I wanted to hold on to those things in my life, and Lord, you were trying to strip it out so that you could make me the man and the woman you wanted me to be. And so Isaiah did not run. He responded right there with uh, with, with opening himself up to cleansing. The presence of Jesus will make us aware of our sin, but we shouldn't run. That's his love and conviction. Now look at this. Then one of the seraphim flew over to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar. Listen, that just, that again, mind blown in worship here. All of a sudden, this heavenly creature starts flying towards you. At that point, I wouldn't have blamed a dude for running. Just gonna say it says, a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it, and he said, see, this coal has touched your lips. I can't help but say, man, why did he have to tell him it touched his lips? He just touched your face with a burning coal from the altar. He didn't have to say that. He knew that, right? This coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Can I just say this? We can clean this up, but in this vision, it had to be painful, we don't get that whole, Isaiah didn't go on and on about how much pain he went through when the guy put, all he gives us, gives us is the end result. But don't you know if somebody takes a hot coal and they put it on your lips, you probably want to do that, you know, my mama probably want to do that to me a few times, I'll say that. I'm going to cleanse that mouth, boy, whoo, you know. But look at this, there was pain in the cleansing. I, I don't like this reality. I'm going to be real, I do not like this reality. When God starts doing a cleansing work in you, guess what? There's going to be pain. You know why it's so hard to pray and fast? Pain. Discipline. We have to choose to overcome our own pride and our own desires so that God may do a greater work in us. But the Lord sent this messenger, and it was painful. Listen, if you've been in a painful season with the Lord, Maybe for a while, maybe God hadn't been answering like you wanted. Listen, this word gives us much hope. God is not hurting you, he's trying to heal you. God is not destroying you, he's preparing you for wholeness and renewal and restoration. Let me give you the lesson that we learn here. Confession leads to cleansing, and it may be painful, but it's always powerful. I don't know about you, but I want the anointing of God on my life. Like if I'm gonna live as a follower of Christ, if that's my path for this life, I wanna live under the anointing of God. Meaning I want the spirit of God to be on my life. I wanna, everywhere I step, I want God to use my life. I don't want him to be with me. But here's the thing, until I'm willing to confess, confess and be cleansed, I can't get to that place. 
God doesn't want to pour his anointing on dirty vessels. He'll love us and he'll take us to heaven. But if you want to live in the power and the anointing of God at some point, you got to say, God, I am a sinner. I still have messed up sin. And Lord, I want to confess it to you. And I know it's going to be painful to walk through it. But Lord, I know the power comes through that. See, the fasting and prayer season will not bring God's best for us unless we confess. In this season, we can't just ask. We also have to confess. You know this verse, but it's a powerful truth that we need today. It says this, if we confess our sin to him. Now the next piece of this could say, once we tell him, he'll never look at us the same. Isn't that how we do each other? Come on. I mean, sometimes that's how it feels. Once I tell you how rotten I really am and how messed up I really am, you'll never look at me the same again. It's not really true because all of us have our sin struggles. And if we're all really honest, then we would all go, oh, you're just as bad as me. Like you need Jesus just as much as I do. But if we confess our sins to him, look at this. He is faithful and just to do what? Forgive us and to cleanse us. Do you know what this means? Cleanse us from wickedness is the cleansing of guilt off your life. Only the Lord can do this. You can't right your wrongs enough to get cleansed of your guilt. People try it every day. I've done so much wrong, so I gotta do a lot of right to right it. And the Lord says this, if you'll confess it to me, not only will I forgive you so you can come be with me forever, I will also cleanse you right where you are. I'll somehow give your conscience the ability to start over by the power of my spirit. See, what this season of prayer is really about is God finally getting you and me to be real with him. To be real with him. We don't have healing because we keep hiding, church. I'm speaking, looking, I, I can come out here and amen myself this morning. We don't get the healing that we need because we keep hiding things we think from God. Oh God, you saw that? I don't, I don't wanna talk about that. Can I just go raise my hands in worship and let's just not talk about that? If you want freedom, freedom will come, cleansing will come when you finally get to the point where you're going, God, you got me. I'm gonna confess it to you. And see, here's what we taught scripturally. Forgiveness and cleansing can come when we confess to God. But James tells us this, you should also confess to, uh, when you're walking through a difficult, maybe you're trying to get out of a sin battle, confess it to a trusted brother or sister in Christ, and they then, you can actually find freedom through that. So listen, what is the Holy Spirit trying to free you up from in your life right now? You automatically know Probably in your mind, you go, there's something I know God wants to free. He wants to cut that out because that's not who I'm created. That's not the new life version of me. That's not who the Lord created me to be. I know there's something that needs to go. Is it pride? Well, sure, for all of us. Is it porn? Maybe. Is it secret sin? Is it bad attitude? Is it hate? Is it addiction? Is it letting something else rule your life instead of God? Listen, I'm just telling you, we serve a God who can. If I didn't believe that he could rid us of these things and cleanse us of these things, I couldn't stand with the authority and preach. But we have to get down to the root of it. Healing comes when we stop hiding. Get to the root. Pray about your anxiety, but what is the root? I mean, tell God you want to get rid of it, but get down to the root of it and confess it to him. What are you scared of? What's driving it? Doesn't mean it'll go all automatically away, but listen, he can work on it. What about that sexual sin struggle you have that's holding you back from the anointing of God in 2023? It took you out in 2022, if you're really honest. 
I'm not saying you weren't a believer and that God didn't love you. I'm just saying it impacted your life. It impacted your mindset and how you viewed people. And it pulled you in so closely. What if the Lord says, get real with me about it. Let's get down to the root. What do you really want? What's driving that? I want to free you up. I want to cleanse you. I don't want to, I want to crush you. I crushed my son on the cross. That's what the father says for that sin. If you want to change and live new life, listen, the key is this, get real with God. My prayer is in Jesus' name, over Oakwood, over Gainesville, over those tuned in today, may the Spirit bring boldness to say yes to confession, because it's hard. In the moment we make up our mind, you know what, God, I'm not going to play games with you anymore. I'm going to get real with you. You just may walk out free, uncaged from the sin that's been holding you back. See, it was after confession and cleansing that Isaiah's ears were open to hear God. There was never another time that he heard God here. He heard what was happening. He heard the seraphim worshiping. He heard the ground shake. He saw the smoke coming in, but it doesn't say that he heard God until after what? The cleansing. After the cleansing took place, after the confession, the repentance took place, saying, God, you got me. It was at that point. So I wonder, maybe God is waiting today on somebody to say yes to confession, yes to getting real with God before he's gonna answer and give you the answers that you want. Look, at this point, he heard the Lord saying, it says, I heard the Lord asking, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And this us here is just an indicator of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, having a conversation in heaven, three people, uh, three in one God, he said that uh, uh, Isaiah says he hears this conversation and then Isaiah pipes up and says, hear him, I send me. Now here's the interesting thing. Before Isaiah knew what the assignment was, he put his yes on the table. Again, something I'm really uncomfortable with. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm going, hey, trust God. He knows what's best for you. He's gonna do what's best for you. But when it comes down to saying, God, I will say yes to you no matter what you say, I'm gonna go ahead and put my yes on the table. That's a difficult task, isn't it? Because see, what we like to do is pray and fast. And, God, what do you want? And then we wanna hear it. And then we wanna make up our minds whether we'll obey or not. God, that's too much you're asking. I don't wanna do that. Okay, God, that sounds pretty good. I'll do that. But what if men and women of God got so powerful in their faith and in their prayer lives that we just took our yes with us everywhere we went? God, what do you want me to do today? Here's my yes. How do you want, what do you want me to give today, God? Who do you want me to love on, minister to? How do you want me to treat my family today, God? Here's my yes. What do I need to change out of my selfish life so that I can see life change come to my home or, or to my friend group or maybe to my dorm room? Lord, here's my yes. I don't wanna live like I've been living anymore, God. I'm just gonna go ahead and put my yes on the table before you even say it, because I know you love me. Listen, this season of your will, not mine, that's really what it is. I wanna put my yes on the table. Do you wanna hear God, though? Here's the secret. If I want to hear God, I have to get near God. You know why I say this? We often want God to shout at us. Lord, don't you see me praying and fasting can't you just shout to me from heaven, Lord, make your message clear, give me my answers. But throughout scripture, do you know how God often speaks? A whisper. The calm whisper of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't yell, he whispers, he speaks softly. You know, you know what you have to do if you wanna hear someone when they're whispering? You have to lean near to them. I'm convinced that God is speaking, we're just not leaning close enough to hear the whisper of the Spirit of God. 
Oh, Lord, speak to me. God, I want to hear your word, Lord. I want to hear what you want me to do for 2023. I need your answers. What if he's trying to answer, but we refuse to lean in close enough? Listen, Isaiah teaches us this. When you repent and you confess and you lay your heart out before the Lord and you lean in, it's at that moment you can finally begin to hear God speaking to you. Here's what Jeremiah said. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you know what that means? Full surrender to my Lordship. All my heart, God, I'm not holding any peace back. Nothing. If you look for me wholeheartedly, here's the promise. You will find me. This season of fasting and prayer, it's not just about giving God all, uh, getting all of God. It's about us giving all of ourselves to him. But we have to go at it wholeheartedly. See, look at this. Isaiah said this again. Here I am, send me. You know what he was saying? Here's what he was saying. Lord, my yes is on the table. There it is, God. What do you want me to do? Before he knew the assignment. Now, we don't have time to get into it today, but you can go read Isaiah's assignment. It wasn't a really fun assignment. (laughs) But he signed up anyway, and he did it for his entire ministry, his entire life. He said, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. My yes is on the table. I don't know how long he had prayed for this encounter of God, encounter with God. Maybe he was going, God, show up in my life. I just need you, God, show up in my life. But I think he had made up his mind ahead of time. When I get that encounter with God, I'm gonna say yes to him. What if God is waiting on your yes before he shows you the rest of what he wants for you? See, when God sees your yes, he will show you the rest, but often he may be holding back because he knows that you're not gonna do what he says anyway. And usually when I talk about yes, I'm talking about serving Sometimes you may hear a message like this and it's like, who wants to go to the mission field far away and praise the Lord? There are people that are called to do that and there are people here probably called to do that. There are many that already are. You're gonna go far away and tell people about Jesus and love people in his name. But I wanna shift the perspective a little bit today. Today, yes, is not just about like going and doing for God. It was for Isaiah. Do you know what yes is today? It's about God doing a work in me and you. God, I'm not gonna hold anything back in this season of fasting and prayer from you. Lord, I'm letting you deal with my sin. That thing I've been holding on to behind the scenes has been killing me, literally killing me behind the scenes. I'm tired of holding on to it, Lord. Here's my yes, deal with me, Jesus. I'm ready to be cleansed. Lord, will you deal with my addiction? Listen, there's some good people that God loves. And you know what? The enemy keeps trying to come back over you with this addiction. And circumstances keep trying to push you back in that direction. Can I just say, just keep saying yes to him again. Let him take it again. Let him work on it again. Let him cleanse you again. Yes, Lord, change how I treat my family. Yes, Lord, deal with my hate and my anger and my pride. Lord, deal with any racism in me. Deal with any unforgiveness in me. Deal with any brokenness in me. God, I'm tired of trying to hide it and make sure uh, everybody else thinks I'm fine when I got all these struggles going on. Lord, my yesterday is about you bringing healing. See, maybe yesterday is about you finally surrendering your life to Christ. There are some that for whatever reason, they know the love of God and they hear a message like this, but they hold back on God. They refuse to let him have everything. So maybe yes today for you is saying, Jesus, I'm ready to let you be the Lord of my life. I'm ready for the first time to surrender under your Lordship. See, here's the question. Is it time for you today to put your yes on the table? Freedom is on the other side of surrender. So here's what I want to do. Right here in Gainesville and in Oakwood, I want you to bow with me all over the house. 
Stay with me, Oakwood. Just bow. Listen, if you, if you lose attention when you close your eyes, because I don't want you disconnecting yet, we're not done. You can look at me. That's fine. But I want you to stay with me for just a moment and think about this. If freedom is on the other side of surrender, just like Isaiah said, yes, maybe it's time to say yes to let God do the work in you so then he can do the work through you. So here's what I want to ask you today, both here and at Oakwood. If you would go, Joe, I know that I need to put my yes on the table before the Lord today. I want you to stand up right where you are. Everybody else, just keep your head bowed. If you go, Joe, I know there's a work in my life. I know there's a work through my life. I want you to stand right where you are. Oakwood, you too. Thank you. Come on. Stand up right where you are. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you this morning. That's all we're going to do. I'm going to pray that the Lord will, because of your boldness. Thank you. Anybody else? If you go, Joe, I'm putting my, I need to put my yes on the table before the Lord today. Thank you. Come on. You two, Oakwood, stand up right there where you are because I want to pray for you and then we're going to worship as we close this place out today. Maybe you standing today as you signifying, I surrender my life to Jesus Christ today. I'm not holding back anything anymore. I'm not holding it back. I'm ready for the Lord to deal with my sin. I'm ready for the Lord to deal with these things that are trying to press me down. Right there where you are. Listen, many of us standing here in Gainesville and Oakwood, I want to pray over you this morning. If that's you, So Father, I thank you for those that are bold to stand and say, my yes is on the table today. And God, I wanna praise you that they had the the courage to do so right here where we are. And Lord, I ask you now in Jesus' name, God, will will you hear their yes? Lord, they stood up with their feet in front of everybody. They just stood in the room and said, here I am, Lord, here's my yes. So God, whether it's a sin battle, whether it's a, a surrender to you, whether it's submission to your will, whatever it may be, God, I pray that you would see it and you would accept it. And Lord, now you would pour out your cleansing. Lord, that they would continue to follow through. Continue the conversation of cleansing and healing and repentance and confession with you. And God, we're gonna look for great things you're gonna do across your church through this. So Father, pour out your grace on everyone. Thank you that you don't convict us in order to push us away. You convict us to pull us close so that we can lean in and we can accept that love of Jesus poured out. So God, today, I'm gonna give you glory for what you're gonna do here in Oakwood and all those tuned in today, God. We're gonna give you the glory. Here is our yes, Father. As a church, I'll just say as as the pastor of this church that I get privileged to be, Lord, our yes is on the table, Lord. Riverbend Church's yes is on the table. What do you want, God? When you want it, where you want it, how you want it, Lord, it is your church. Lord, we are stewards and we are blessed to get to do what we do. So God, with all my brothers and sisters standing across the room now, I say, Jesus, thank you. Here we go, 2023. Bless this year with your presence. God, have all of us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church Podcast. To learn more about who we are as a church and how to connect, you can head over to our website, riverbendchurch.life.